Hello and welcome to Biblical Breadcrumbs, a series where I break down a bit of the Bible to get you to look at it more. This episode, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 3, starting in verse 11, and going through the end of the chapter. Um, and, and so, I'm not going to do full reviews of everything we've gone through up to this point. I'm going to stop doing those. I will say, it's, it's important to look at the chapter before and get brief refreshers on where we were, and so I'm going to keep doing that. I'm just not going to do it from the very beginning. And so with Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, it's coming right off of verse 10, which is coming right off of just the rest of Matthew chapter 3. And we've been talking about John, right? And so last time, uh, go listen to that if you haven't, but last episode we were talking about John, why he came. He came to preach. He's preparing the way for the Lord, which we know is Jesus. And then at the end of, uh, or well, at the second half of it, right, starting in verse 7, Pharisees and Sadducees come to him looking for this baptism that he's giving, this repentance, uh, the baptism for repentance. And the Pharisees are looking for that. John says, don't come to me. Don't come to me. Uh, just do stuff. Just work and, and do what's right instead of trying to fake your way, instead of trying to make a symbol of yourself, instead of trying to gain whatever like status this might be. I don't know what it was for them, but... They're not legitimately trying to obey God. If they were, they'd be doing something about it. And so that's where John's at, starting in verse 11. Um, let's read chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, and then we can talk about those. Matthew chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I. I am not worthy to remove his sandals. He himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing shovel is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with fire that never goes out. So John is trying to get these people to repent, right? He's trying to get these people to not just act like they want to do something, but to actually do something and to actually do something with their lives. Um, something that's important. And so he's trying to get them to repent. But how does he talk about it? Right, I'm going to baptize you with water, but then this one after me, this Jesus guy, right? He doesn't say that, but uh, we know who it is. This one after me, the Lord, he's coming. He's going to baptize with the Spirit and with fire. So why these three elements? Why water, Spirit, and fire? And it's not like some weird magic system. Uh, it's nothing like that. Why water, spirit, and fire? Are these parallels? Are these opposites? Are these... Uh, why these elements? John baptizes with water. The one after him being more powerful. Uh, John is... He isn't even anywhere near his level. He shouldn't even be around the guy. Um, that's how powerful this one coming after him is. That's Jesus's authority, by the way. Um, that guy is going to baptize in spirit and fire. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because I've heard that this is a good thing, right? The spirit is good, and Holy Spirit baptism, that's a good thing. And so this fiery baptism must also be a good thing. 
Um, this fire must it it's a cleansing fire. It's a purifying fire. It's a something or other that's generally positive. That's what I've heard a lot. And recently I've also heard a lot of just the opposite that this fire is bad, that this fire is uh, destructive, that this fire is punishment. And so let's think about that. I'm not sure which one you've heard. I'm not sure which one you believe. But let's think about that and try to figure out what it is. John is distinguishing between himself and this one after him. And he's distinguishing these various power levels, right? Um, he's got water, but the Lord has spirit and fire. Much more impressive than just a little bit of water. How do I how do I explain this? I would like to ask questions and like guide your thoughts through it, but uh, I'm not sure how to do that, especially without people being able to answer. And so I'm going to give it my best shot at explaining it. And if you want more clarification, or if I need to say something else, or if I need to correct a mistake, even um, email me about it. Let me know because I would really appreciate that um if there's anything i need to do with this passage let me know about it and i would love to do that here's the way i best understand how to explain this john is human john is a man john is he's been prophesied about yes and he had a miraculous birth to some extent yes but he's also just human and just normal and all he can do is baptize with water for repentance. But the one after him is not just human. He is human, but he's not just human. He's not normal, right? Jesus is in no way just a normal, everyday, average human being. Um, he, he is not normal. He is so much more powerful. And he can baptize with the Spirit and with fire. Spirits baptizing with the holy spirit if you're near the holy spirit that's probably a positive i would think you know because it's like part of god what about this fire thing how do we know if it's a positive or a negative how do we know what he's meaning when he says fire well where else uh, does he talk about and this is where we look at context of the book right and, and so it's not just the one verse you can't just look at verse 11 and say, oh, fire, fire must be positive here because it's paired with the Holy Spirit, or fire must be negative because it's contrasted with the Holy Spirit. Let's think about context, and let's see if context does anything to solidify that for us. If it's not in the immediate context, it would be in the rest of the book, and if it's not in the rest of the book, then we think about paralleling it to other places in the Bible, right? And so let's think about this fire idea for just a second. Where else does he talk about fire? It's in verse 10. The axe is laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And it's also in verse 12. Um, the chaff he will burn with fire that never goes out. From those two instances where he's talking about fire, two instances, by the way, verse 10 and verse 12, that are right around verse 11. Um, is he talking about fire from a positive and uh, edifying standpoint? Even if it's not fun, maybe maybe it's edification, maybe it's strengthening. Is he talking about fire like that? Or is he talking about fire that's destructive? 
because it's the latter one. I don't know. I don't know how you would be able to see trees thrown into the fire and chaff burning up with with eternal fire. Um, I don't know how you could see that in a positive light or even an edifying light because it's just destruction. It's just it's just removing something, and so I don't think we should think about this fire in verse 11 being a positive thing in any way. I don't think it's reasonable for him to talk about fire in clearly destructive ways and then right in between two mentions of that just kind of insert a positive thing about fire in there. I don't think that makes sense uh, and I don't think that's logical. And so what does it mean if Right, my assumption is Holy Spirit is positive, fire is negative, based off of that conclusion. Therefore, what does it mean when he's talking about Holy Spirit and fire? Is that something that's going to happen here, like the water? Or is that something that's going to happen not here? Is, is it a, a parallel, or is it a contrast? Here's where we look at context again. What's he talking about um, when he's saying the trees that are going to be burned down. Why are they getting burned down? Because they don't have good fruit. They're being judged for something. Why, why does he start talking about in verse 12? You get this picture of a winnowing shovel in this version. Again, I'm using uh, Christian Standard Bible for this episode, not the normal New American Standard, where it would say winnowing fork, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. It says his winnowing shovel is here, and that's pretty uh, commonly associated with judgment pictures. Uh, the threshing floor, that's judgment pictures. And uh, gathering the wheat but burning the chaff. Gathering the righteous but burning the wicked. That's a judgment picture as well. And so I don't think we're talking physical here. I think this is a contrast. I think just like spirit and fire is a contrast, he's contrasting the physical water baptism with the spiritual spirit or fire baptism, I think. What kind of judgment is this, though? It's not a judgment that happens here on earth. It's not a judgment that happens right here that we can see and watch happen. I don't think we watch fire fall on anyone, and I don't think we watch the spirit fall on anyone either. And so, to my mind, what he's talking about is final judgment the ultimate parting because the weed and the chaff up until that point the weed and the chaff are still combined it's only at that final judgment that god separates them like he does in verse 12 and so i think we're talking about final judgment here the spirit and fire john on earth can baptize with water for repentance john on earth can try to help save people um, when they repent, when they act in accordance with that, when they obey God, he can work like that. But ultimately, there's going to be another baptism. And if you chose to uh, be baptized with this water for repentance, if you chose to like actually obey God, that's what that means. If you chose to obey God, then you'll face a Holy Spirit baptism, if you will, uh, if you want to use that phrase. You'll face... Uh, a baptism with the Holy Spirit where God saves you. He puts his spirit on you. But if you don't choose to obey God, he'll baptize you anyway. 
but it's going to be a fiery one and not a not a pleasant experience the tree burns up the chaff burns up that's the picture that he's giving and so which one do you want that's what he's saying keep in mind john is saying all of this to the pharisees and sadducees um or and and or the people around he's saying this to these people pharisees and sadducees aren't coming to him to actually like care they're not coming to him to actually be baptized for repentance they're just coming for that and so he says look this is why i'm doing it i'm trying to help you guys i'm trying to help you avoid this baptism of fire i'm trying to help save you but you're not having it and so i think this is a warning for them from john but this this holy spirit and fire business i don't see that as a physical thing i see that as a spiritual thing that's going to happen at the final judgment and, and it may be literal then um but but it's 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 at that time and I don't see it being earlier. So that's my view on that. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Uh, you can let me know. And if there's something I need to clarify, if I misspoke somewhere, which I inevitably did, I hope I clarified everything. But if I it misspoke somewhere that you caught that you wanted to ask me about or correct me on, by all means, email me. I would love to know because I'm seeking to understand this just like y'all are. <laughs> Um, that's what I'm that's why I'm doing this is so that I can think through it so I think we're good on that section that's about that, that's all the commentary I have on it over half an episode on two verses epic that's how this is gonna go and, and so let's read verses 13 through 17 this is a much briefer it's a much longer section but I have much less to say about it um, probably and so let's read verse 13 um, through 17 of Matthew chapter 3 then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John tried to stop him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me? Jesus answered him, Allow it for now, because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John allowed him to be baptized. When Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Okay, so we are talking about John the Baptist in chapter 3, and then who comes along in verse 13, but Jesus, the very one John the Baptist is talking about, and uh, who's the main character of these last few verses? Because it ain't John anymore. No, we're talking about Jesus now, and, and so Jesus is the driving force. He's going to be the driving force behind the rest of this book, uh, and he's going to start here. John is never meant to be a permanent character. Why do you think he's addressed uh, so briefly and so just like randomly almost when he just kind of exists and now he's he's basically done, right? He, I think he appears one more time in the book maybe, but that's, that's it. We're not talking about John. We're talking about Jesus. This is Jesus' story. He's the important one. And John added a little bit to it, but Jesus is the main point. And so we're talking about Jesus. He comes to John, where John's baptizing, and he says, Hey, I need to be baptized. And John says, uh, uh, What? You, you what? I, I, I'm the one who needs it, not you. 
right? Because John understands that Jesus is God's son, and Jesus doesn't need to be baptized for repentance. Um, John understands that Jesus is sinless, so why is Jesus doing this? And Jesus gives a great answer. He says, we're, uh, we're doing this because this allows us to fulfill all righteousness. Fantastic, right? Uh, great reasoning. So please explain to me what this means, because I am very confused. I don't know what this statement means, and I'll give it to you right out. I, I just, uh, I don't know. Um, why is Jesus baptized? Why does he need to, why, why does he feel the need um, to get John to do it? I don't know. I, I don't know what he means by this phrase. We need to fulfill all righteousness, so like, let me do this. Um Jesus doesn't have to do this. He, he, he doesn't need baptism for this repentance. Um, so I don't know what the point is. Obviously, God wants him to do it. So maybe, judging from the results when God speaks, uh, is that supposed to be like a public sign to people? Maybe. Or, or is it supposed to communicate something else to people? Maybe. But I don't know. And I'm not going to claim one or the other because I just don't know. But um, that's something for you to think about, and please let me know if you know, because I don't have an explanation for this. I, I don't even have, like, a, an ex, a, a thought on it. I used to have one, and then I thought more about it, and I said, ah, oh, that's dumb. And so I don't have one anymore. Um, so I would appreciate knowing what that means, but Jesus gets baptized anyway. And, and that's the thing. Sometimes when you don't know, guess what happens? The same events happen whether or not I understand why they happen, and so I can just kind of move ahead and um, think about the next thing. I'd like to know the answer. I don't have it right now. And so uh, thanks for bearing with me because I sure don't know anything. I, I sure don't know everything. And so look up, uh, look that up, think about it, and meditate on that. Try to find an answer. I'd like to know. Jesus is ultimately... He comes up from the water, he is baptized, and the heavens open, the Spirit of God, I'm assuming that's the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't know why you would have a Spirit of God and the and a Holy Spirit that are two separate things. Um, so I'm assuming they're the same thing, but if you wanted to claim them as different things, I don't really think it matters. Um, I, I would also think you were wrong, but I also wouldn't really care, I don't think. So... Um, it's not going to affect anything major theologically, whether or not the Holy Spirit or a different spirit of God's came down. Not that I know of anyway. And, and so this voice from heaven speaks and he says, this is my son, which I, which based on Matthew 1 verses 18 through 25, I'm going to guess that means this is God speaking because Jesus is uh, God's son. I, I don't know if you have heard that before <laughs> or anything like that. And so God speaks and he says, this is my son with whom I am well pleased, right? My beloved son, I am pleased with him. And it's this confirmation of Jesus's identity for the people around. Um, and so Matthew, from chapter one, Matthew confirms that for us. And here in chapter three, we have God confirm it for us. And, and so we know, right, from the human side, it's confirmed. From the, the divine side, it's confirmed. So Who's going to argue against both God and man, right? Who's going to argue against God, but who's also going to argue if you have human support as well? And so this is very clearly God's son, Jesus. 
And that's chapter three. It, it ends kind of abruptly, and it should be, it's um, exciting, hopefully, and it, and it gets you interested in what's coming next, right? This is God's son, so what's he going to go do? And, and starting in chapter four, we have Jesus's temptation, actually. And so we'll talk about the reason why that is next time, or at least the reason I think why that's happening next time when we delve into chapter four. So if you're still listening at this point, thank you for being here. Thank you for um, paying attention. I hope that that idea has been helpful for you and that that discussion has been helpful. Um, if it has, if if it has been helpful, you can let me know. If you have problems with it, if you want uh, me to clarify something, or if you want me to take something back, then let me know about that as well so that I can uh, think about it and see what comes of that. Let's have a conversation. And so... That's Matthew chapter 3. I hope that that's been helpful for you. I know it has been for me. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of Biblical Breadcrumbs.